asked me to preach this morning. So I went and got all the books that I could find about what he asked me to preach about, and I read them all this week. And now I'm going to tell you what they say. So hopefully you guys are ready to be here for a while. Is that okay? Okay, I'm just kidding. But I say all that to make a slight point that, okay, let me get this going here just a second. Okay, we good? We good. Okay. These books are all very helpful, and it's very good to read these books and to find people's perspectives on the Word of God. I don't need that book. That one doesn't have a good perspective in it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, but these books all have great perspectives, and it's, it's good to read them and expand your understanding. But really, all you need to know is right here. Everything in here came from in here, okay? Is that right? Can I get an amen? Everybody, hold up your Bibles with me. If you got an iPhone, hold up your iPhone. Let's hear it for the iPhone people. Boo. <laughs> okay, hold them up. Here we go. Repeat after me. This book contains everything I need to know to live a life of godliness. Let's do it one more time. This book contains everything I need to know to live a life of godliness. I just have to look. You don't have to repeat that part. <laughs> okay. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 to 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Obviously, you're not going to find out how to run a laptop computer in here, or you're not going to find out well, how to run your dishwasher. When I say it pertains everything I'm talking about, it's going to teach you how to be a good employee. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. We're going to teach you how to have a good marriage, how to build a strong marriage, how to raise your kids, how to handle your finances. That's all in here. Everything I need to know is in here. I just have to look. So it probably has something in here to say about our worship probably has something to say about how we sing to the Lord. So the title of the message today is Never Stop Singing, Cultivating a Heart of Worship. And our scripture, if you'll turn with me, is in Ephesians chapter 5, it's verse 18 to 20. Verse 19 is our focus. You have to bear with me, this is the first time I've ever preached, so I am very nervous. I might cry, I might shake, I might pass out, so bear with me. <laughs> All right, let's read this. And it says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That's what we went through last week. Now here's our verse for today. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us no matter when, where we are, no matter when we look. It always has words of life to give to us. Help us to look into your word this morning and to see what you would have to say to us. Be with the words of my mouth and the meditations in my heart. Help them be acceptable in your sight. Just give me words to speak with clarity. Give us hearts to understand. 
And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's start by delving into some technicalities of this. We got psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, okay? And you say, well, what's the big hubbub about? Psalms are obviously in here. Hymns are obviously in here. And spiritual songs, we're not quite sure what they are, so we kind of leave them to the side. Is that right? Well, let's see if we can get an idea of what Paul is trying to tell us here. Because we have to take off our glasses, right, and put on the glasses of what is Paul trying to say? Not what do I think this says, but what does Paul, what is Paul trying to tell us here? So let's get started with Psalms. And with Psalms, yes, there's obviously Psalms in here. But there's a little bit more to this. When we look at the word Psalm that Paul is using, it's the word Psalmas, and it's little p Psalms. Not Psalm as in like the book of Psalms, but Psalm as in a religious ode. And you say, well, what is that? Okay, look at the word ode there. I tried, to, I tried to put some of this stuff up here so you wouldn't have to just grab it from my mouth. So ode is poetry set to music addressed to a particular subject. That being oneself, a person, a group, or when we add that word religious to it, to God. Okay? So, in, so what we're talking about here is a song that is addressed to someone, whether it be yourself, to another person, or to God. Okay, so does that make sense? So psalm is meaning, and also one thing that Paul says in here, one thing that this word is referring to is Hebrew chant. So Paul is saying, sing a psalm. But he's also kind of referring to Hebrew chant. So he's tying it together with the way that they sang things in their culture. Okay? Does that make sense? So he's saying, sing Hebrew chants to each other, to yourself, and to God. So what are some examples of this? Some ancient examples of this would be Deuteronomy chapter 32. Moses, right before his death, sang a song to the Israelites... In Deuteronomy chapter 32, and I'll just read a little bit of it to try to give you an example. It says, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father, and he will tell you. Your elders, and they will explain to you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, and when he divided all mankind, he set up the boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people, and Jacob is allotted inheritance. So you see a kind of a picture of this, okay, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, and he's saying, remember what the Lord did for us. Don't forget, the Lord did this and this and this, and the Lord is this. So it's a song that Moses sang addressed to people. So that's a psalm. And then if you flip over to Luke chapter 1, we get another example of this. Mary, after the angel visits her in the book of Luke, she sings what we call the Magnificat, right? We've all heard of Mary's Magnificat. I'll read a little bit of this to give you an example. It says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant, and now all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. So here Mary is addressing herself. She's singing a song to herself, saying, the Lord has done this. This is what's going to be going on. So that is a psalm. 
Are you with me? Okay. So some modern examples of a psalm would be 10,000 reasons. We sing it here on a regular basis. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Oh, my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh, my soul. So you get the picture of you're singing a song to yourself, but it is still worship to God because you are telling your soul to worship God. Another one is, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. So there again, you're telling the Lord that you need him. It's a prayer. You're addressing the Lord. Forever. And my Jesus, I love thee. Those are, those are also examples of psalms. So we begin to maybe get a little picture that is a little different than what we might have thought when we looked at that and when Paul says, sing psalms. Because we automatically think, I do, automatically think, flip open to the book of psalms and start singing psalms, big P. But he's saying, take this method of music that you have called Hebrew chant and you have these odes that you sing to one another and put God in them. Put prayers to God in them. Okay, moving on. We're kind of running really fast through this, so hopefully you can stay with me today. I timed it yesterday. It was 40 minutes long, so I'm going to try to hurry. <laughs> okay, so this one, I really had to back up and take off my glasses when I got into this one. When Paul says him, he is not talking about this. He's not talking about song number 234, although song number 234 is a hymn in this book. But he is not talking about hymnal as in like in our culture and day and age we call these hymns, okay? He is talking about a song that is literally a song of praise to celebrate a mighty hero, God, or conqueror. And you say, well, Jesse, that's not about God or Jesus at all. That doesn't make any sense. Why would Paul tell him to do that? Well, he's addressing the Ephesians... And the Ephesians lived in a culture where they had Caesar was their god. And they had these Roman armies going out and conquering. And they would sing song, literally sing songs of praise to Caesar and to these soldiers because they, they viewed soldiers as almost godlike, right? So they would sing these songs of celebration and praise and adulation to these mighty heroes and gods and conquerors. And Paul is saying... You see how you, that you guys used to sing this to Caesar and to the soldiers? Sing that to God. Sing songs that celebrate. Sing songs of praise and adulation and exaltation to God. A modern equivalent might be anthem, right? We have our national anthem. It's kind of our little song of praises, maybe a little too, uh, too forward, but it's our song of adoration of our nation, right? We call it our national anthem. So that might be a modern equivalent to what Paul is saying here. Ancient examples of this, we'll go back again to Scripture and look at some from Scripture. Exodus 15, again, Moses and, and his sister Miriam, after the Lord delivers them out of the land of Egypt, they sing this hymn to the Lord. It says, Your right hand, O Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down who, those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger and consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, and the, the waters piled up, and the surging waters stood like a firm wall, and the deep waters concealed in the heart of the sea. Your enemy boasted, I will pursue and overtake them. But you blew your breath, and the sea covered them. 
So here you see a great example of Moses and Miriam singing this song of praise and adulation of their conquering king, their warrior, the one who fought for them. So we might begin to say, um, this is a little different than I think, so what do we do? And we say, well, let's begin to change our thinking. Let's begin to understand what Paul is trying to tell us here. And I'm not saying we have to not call these hymns, but what, because this is what in our culture we call a hymnal, we call them hymns. I'm not talking about that. But what we need to realize is that what Paul is telling us is sing songs of praise and adulation and laud to the king, our conquering king, Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? I've got a few more examples up there. I won't go through them for time's sake, but you can write them down and look them up later. In Revelation, the praise to God, uh, the book of Samuel, Philippians, they, there's a, a, verse, a couple of verses there that Paul uses that were used as an ancient hymn. And then, but one example of this as well is when Jesus was about, uh, they had just had the Last Supper, and Jesus and the disciples are about to go out, and it says, and then they sang a hymn and went out. And I looked into that because I wanted to see what that said. And it's the same word. It's the same setup that they're talking about. And I looked, I kind of wanted to see, hey, what are they talking about here? And it says, the, the Jews had a group of psalms, big P, so a group of psalms out of here, called the Great Halal. And that was, the, a, it was a collection of psalms, and those were hymns of praise. So psalms can be hymns, and hymns can be psalms. So we begin to see there's a lot of overlap here. Some modern examples of hymns. A great example is the song, uh, The Lion and the Lamb. We don't sing it here uh, very often, but it's a perfect picture of a modern example of a hymn. It says, our God is a lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. Our God is the lamb, the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the lion and the Lamb. So you see how that is very praising and exalting of our conquering warrior king. So that fits into our definition, right, of a song of praise to a mighty hero king, or in our case, big G God, right? We, we are celebrating God, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh God. Another example, how great thou art. I mean, we all know that one. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the things you've done. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Just an anthem of praise to God. The great I am. We sing that here on a regular basis. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee at the mention of your name, King of Majesty. Another example. We sang one this morning. Revelation song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. So this is what Paul is talking about when he says sing hymns. So sing psalms, sing hymn songs addressed to one another or to God or to yourself. And then sing songs of praise and adoration and thanksgiving and laud to the King of Kings. Now this one's probably my favorite. Because it's the one I think that many times, I don't know about you guys, but many times the people I've encountered don't really know what this is. And I didn't really know either. Until I started looking into it and trying to figure out from Scripture what's going on here. Bear with me a second. I'm going to see if I can make sure my thing is working here. 
All right. So, spiritual songs. Pneumatikas Odei. Don't you just love that word? Say that with me. Pneumatikas. <laughs> just sounds like the spirit. Pneumatikas. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting a little weird now. Anyway, so... Stick with me. Okay, the songs that flow from the Holy Spirit into your inner man. You say, what in the world is that? It's pneumaticas. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about O'Day earlier, right? O'Day, those songs addressed to people. So this is a song from the Spirit into your inner man addressed to someone, whether it be yourself a group of people, or to God. But it's a beautiful picture of being under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. And you say, well, this is very dangerous ground, Jesse, because somebody could sing a song and say, this was a spiritual song that the Lord gave me. And it's not. Well, we always have our fact checker right here. There's a lot of talk about fact checkers today. We got a fact checker here. It's always going to be revealing God's truth nature, or will, or something pertaining to that. So if somebody says, the Lord gave me this song, you're always going to be able to put it up against this and see if it's true, if they're true or not. Okay? So we'll get a little bit more into this. So spiritual songs could be a psalm, could be a hymn, could be a combination of both. They really could be anything. Many times they'll appear as a prayer, many times declaring the promises of God. But generally speaking, they are from God to into us. Now, uh, we have to kind of be careful, or there, there's a caveat here. Many times there will be a spiritual song, but the writer will take first person instead of putting the words in the mouth of God, right? So it would be awkward if we all got together and sang, holy, there is no one like me, there is none beside me. Open up, I will open up your eyes and wonder. You know, that kind of wouldn't work. So when the Lord breathes a song into us, many times we'll stick it in the reverse and we'll sing it back to God. We say, holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes and fill me with wonder. Show me who you are. So just kind of so you understand when you're looking at songs and you're like, because this is what I did now. I'm looking at all the songs going, hmm, I wonder if this is a hymn or if it's a psalm or a spiritual song, right? So that's what I do. But if you're looking at that, that may, you may have to interpret that and say, okay, yeah, I can see that this was a song that somebody, that God spoke into someone and they just kind of turn the words so that it's not like, okay, God's, I'm putting, like I'm speaking for God, right? We don't want to do that. So... But what Paul is doing here is he's simply opening the door to accepting new songs on a regular basis, right? Because all throughout Scripture it says sing a new song to the Lord, right? And we don't want to get rid of the old because he says don't forget the foundation that was laid, right? We want to always pull from that foundation that has been laid for us. But the problem is when you don't accept new music, you begin to worship the music, not the one the music is for, Right? If you close the door and say, we can't sing any new songs, we're saying these songs are the holy ones. These are the best ones. And then we begin to focus on what we're singing instead of who we're singing to. And as soon as that happens, it's not worship anymore. It's not praise to God anymore when we start worshiping the music. 
The opposite is true as well. We can worship new songs and say, get rid of the old stuff. That was old time. That was old past. We can't have that anymore. Only new, 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 new. You go to some churches and they sing new songs every single week, right? And you've got to have a good, healthy balance of both because both are putting the focus on the music rather than the one whom it is to. So pneumatikos ode, I want to delve into this a little bit more. So the word pneumatikos means literally, these are some of the definitions that you'll find if you look in your concordance or your lexicon or whatever they use. I, have what, I use what's called Blue Letter Bible. I will definitely give them a plug. It's a website that basically has like every lexicon and concordance you can ever think of. And you go in there and you type in a word and the, all the verses pop up and you can click on them and you can become a Greek scholar over in a minute. Like, it's great. <laughs> But anyway, so pneumatikos is relating to the human spirit or rational soul as part of the man which is akin to God and serves as his instrument. So pneumatikos is referring to the human spirit, right? And the human spirit being in control, like the Lord has you as his instrument. You are under the influence. The Lord is literally playing your spirit, kind of. Another definition, belonging to the divine spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, or one who is filled with and governed by the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Pertaining to the wind or breath or windy, exposed to the wind, blowing, so basically windy, windy, windy. So I want to give you a picture example of this. Can you see that? It's kind of light up here, but it's a boat. Can, you see, can everybody see that? It's a boat. So imagine that the boat itself, the bottom part there, is the song. The sail is your inner spirit, your inner man. And the wind is the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So the Holy Spirit is pushing you in the direction you need to be going, as long as you got your sail turned the right way. And he is pushing that, filling your inner man with that spirit, with that filling your inner man with that song and that your spirit is pushing that boat along under the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's a great example of being under the power of the Spirit to sing a song. And now many times, okay, so somebody is on there by themselves, they, the Lord gives them a song and we all get on the boat with them, Right? That's what we do on Sunday mornings. We all get together on the boats, right? We sing three songs or four songs that were all written by different people. We all jump on their boat, and we're all sailing along under the song that the Spirit of the Lord put into them. And that's great. We need to do that. That's one of the things that Paul is saying here, addressing one another. We all got to come together and sing psalms and spiritual songs, right? Hymns and psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Now, hang on to your seats for a second. I'm going to scare you. What is that? <laughs> this is everybody on their own boats, all being pushed by the same wind of the Holy Spirit, all going the same direction, but everybody's singing a different song. This is what we do sometimes when we have a long instrumental interlude, and I'll say, sing your own song to the Lord. This is what I'm talking about. Because sometimes the songs that have been given to the church already are great, and they're enough. 
But sometimes God wants to sing a song into you that's specifically for you. And when we're together, he can do that when we're singing and praising and we're playing music. He will do that. Because sometimes the person next to you needs to hear the song that God gave you and you're singing this song that the Lord is singing into you and you're really singing this song to them because they need to hear what God has to say to them today that we don't have in our set list. But the Lord said, I need this person to hear that, I, that they are enough and I am enough for them and I am here to comfort and heal and restore. And he begins to speak that into your heart and you begin to sing that just not with a really fancy melody or anything, but you're just singing out those words and they hear that and it changes their life. And it's a scary thing for us, but it's something that we need to cultivate in our worship. If we're really going to be singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. Does this make sense? I know it's kind of, we're moving fast and it's kind of deep, but I feel like this is what the Lord was saying to me to give to you guys about this part of this uh, scripture here. So sometimes we all need to get into our own boat with Jesus and experience the Holy Spirit giving us a spiritual song as an individual. Okay, so synopsis of this little section. I've only got, yeah, we got to get moving. Okay, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Psalms, a song addressing someone. Hymns, anthems of praise and adoration. Spiritual songs, songs that are breathed into us by the Holy Spirit. And the great thing about this is psalms and hymns, all these ones that came in the past were at one time a spiritual song, Right? At one time, the Lord and the Holy Spirit breathed into somebody, whether it was Martin Luther or George Beverly Shea or Fanny Crosby or the Hillsong people or the Elevation people. The Lord breathed into these guys these songs. David, I mean, man, the guy after God's own heart. God gave him so many songs that were spiritual songs. And we call them psalms now or hymns or whatever, but they all started as a spiritual song. But what Paul is doing is he's throwing open the door to our worship. A lot of people look at Scripture as very restrictive in our worship. Scripture is not restrictive in our worship. He's telling us, use every instrument you can imagine. Sing the songs. Okay, so take these songs that are about soldiers and gods and Caesars, and you sing them about God. You sing them about Jesus. He's saying, sing psalms, these Hebrew chants that you have, this style of music that you love and you understand. Take it and sing them about me. Sing them about Jesus. Sing them, sing them to each other. Encourage one another through them. It doesn't matter what style of music or what our personal preference is. Preferences are awesome. It's okay if you like hymns. If that's what you want to play in your car, that is fine. If you like elevation worship, singing with their lights and their flashy stuff and everything, like that's okay. If you like to listen to old Hebrew chant, that's okay. <laughs> He's saying it doesn't matter what music you're doing. You, whatever you, hip-hop's okay. I hate hip-hop, but I, so I'm never going to listen to hip-hop. But it's okay to worship the Lord in hip-hop, amen? <laughs> so it doesn't matter the style of music, but he's saying these is the content of what you should be singing. Okay? So we're going to go through these last two points real quick. I promise I've got only two more points. We're going to move to another part of the scripture here where it says, so it starts out by saying addressing one another, and then it goes into the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So hopefully it makes a little bit more sense now what he means when he says addressing 
one another. You say, well, what's that supposed to mean? Am I supposed to come in on Sunday morning and say, good morning, Alan, how are you today? Like, what are you talking about? Addressing one another with songs? Well, hopefully it makes more sense now that we've, okay, we've looked at psalms, we've looked at songs, and we know, okay, this is actually saying we're singing with and to one another in the service. So we'll begin this with a question. Why worship with music? So why would Paul say, sing to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Now that we know what he was saying as far as like what they are, why would he tell us to do this? Well, he's simply reiterating what has been commanded to us all through Scripture. Chronicles, First Chronicles 16, sing to the Lord. Psalm 95, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Hebrews 2.12, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters, and in the assembly I will sing your praises. Psalm 150, praise him with the trumpet, with the lute, with the harp, with the tambourine, with dance, with strings and pipe and sounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And there are many, many more examples. So that's the easy answer. Because I said so, right? That's what your parents always said. Well, why, Daddy? Because I said so. We're commanded to worship with music. But if you're like me, when Dad said, because I said so, you turn around and said, why? <laughs> right? Okay, so we're going to have a couple more practical uh, reasons why here. So when we play and sing praise to God, he manifests himself in a special way. In the book of 2 Chronicles, it's talking about um, they had, uh, they're putting up the temple, the tent of meeting, and it says, And when they had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And as they went before the army, sorry, I got mixed up there. They're going out to battle. The army said, give thank, uh, the, the singers before the army said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, and they, came, and they were routed. In 2 Kings chapter 3, Elijah and Jehoshaphat are talking about a battle, and they're saying, Well, let's inquire of the Lord. And Elijah says, but bring me a musician. And when the musician had played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord. And then one other example, it says, this is the one about the, the, the uh, temple. And it says, when the song was raised with the trumpets and the cymbals and the other instruments in praise to the Lord, they sang, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not minister because the cloud of the Lord, the glory of the Lord filled the house. One more example. When Paul and Silas were in the dungeon and they sang, the Lord sent an earthquake. When you worship, God shows up. Amen? This is exciting stuff. He gives earthquakes to free you. He literally fills the house with so much smoke that you can't see to do anything. When the musicians played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. The Lord wants us to worship because when he worshiped, he manifests himself in such a special way that stuff happens. You say, well, God is everywhere, Jesse. Why does he have to come? He's not like gone. Where, why is he coming? And you say, okay, give me, give me an example. You're walking down the street in New York City. And you sit down, and you read a newspaper. 
and this is a homeless guy. <laughs> just, just pretend, okay? And you're reading the newspaper, so you're with the homeless guy, right? You're in his presence. Put the newspaper down, walk on your way, okay? You have been in the presence of the homeless guy, and the homeless guy has been in your presence, okay? Now try this again. You sit down, you're reading the newspaper, you look over your shoulder, and you go, oh, hey, what's your name? Mike. Oh, hey, Mike. How are you today? Good. Do you need anything? Do you need some money? Do you need breakfast? Here, let's go get some breakfast. Come on, I'll get you a coat. You've manifested your presence into his life in a totally different way, right? And not to say God is reading a newspaper sitting next to you. Examples can be poor in that sense. But what I'm saying is, he, you were together, but then you were together in a very different way, right? Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? So God is with you all the time. But when you worship, he does something special. When you worship, he comes in a very special way. Another thing here, why worship with music? Worship is a powerful tool that builds our faith and trust in God. It encourages us in times of discouragement. It can literally change our mood and outlook. It equips us to live a life as a living sacrifice. Worship can literally change our mood. Last week, I had had a bad, bad day. I was in a bad, bad mood. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, not Jesse. Oh, yes, Jesse. <laughs> we came to practice, and you can ask anybody on the worship team. And I said, I walked up here and I said, um, I apologize if I bite any of your all's head off tonight. I'm in a bad mood. But sometimes we have to praise even when we're in a bad mood. Sometimes we don't feel like coming to church. Sometimes, we don't feel, sometimes I don't feel like being up here. But we're commanded to praise. And the, th the funny thing is, when you praise, we started playing. We started singing the songs of the Lord. We started singing about what God is, who God is and what he does for us. And we realize our circumstances don't have to dictate how we feel about ourselves. Our circumstances don't have to dictate what we feel about God. And as we played and we worshiped, by the time we got done, I was feeling great. And it's not some lovey-dovey, loosey-goosey, juicy whatever. It's I was proclaiming the truth of God over my life and over the lives of us and over the lives of you guys, even though you weren't here. And it changes things when you do that. Amen. Right? Amen. Thank you. That's right. It is a powerful, powerful tool. So we should not take this lightly. When we gather and we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another, it's not a light thing. We don't show up and be, oh, yeah, praise Jesus, yeah. Great sermon, Mike, see you later. We should come expecting to encounter Jesus. Amen? Amen. We should expect to hear from him when Mike preaches the word. When we're singing songs, you should expect the Lord to heal, to comfort, to restore, to celebrate with us. I'm sorry, I'm getting passionate. <laughs> this is something that gets my blood going, man. I'm going to, okay, yeah, let's keep moving. So, hearing the, ourselves declare the works and praises of the Lord builds our confidence in Him, helps us to see our circumstances through the lens of His provision in the past, His promises for the future, and His power that is available today. He has come to give freedom to the captives, and He wants to comfort, heal, restore, celebrate, provide, teach, lead, and change us to be more like Him. So when we sing together, God manifests himself in a special way. 
and it serves to encourage one another, and it also builds our faith and trust in God. Because when we hear people around us proclaiming the works of God and proclaiming the goodness of God, it begins to build our confidence, it builds our faith and trust because we hear this is what he did then, this is what he's promised to do, and this is what he can do today. When you hear somebody next to you that you know is going through a tough time, think of a Job situation, you know, say they lost their house, their car, whatever, and they can still walk in and praise the Lord, that has an impact. It's encouraging. And vice versa, if you're in that situation and somebody next to you is singing, that can encourage you. Okay, last thing here. I'm going to try to get through this quick. Singing and making melody with your heart. So it says, singing to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody with your heart. So the word here for making melody literally means to pluck strings. So if you imagine literally plucking the strings of your heart, and you say, well, Jesse, how do we get our hearts to sing? The thing is, what we value will be in our hearts. What we put in will come out of us, right? We talked about last week being filled with the Spirit, being baptized with the Spirit, and that happens. But if you fill your heart with trash, trash is still going to come out. We have to be putting in to our lives what we want to be putting out of our lives. And with the power of the Spirit that is in us, when we fill our lives with good things, the fruit of the Spirit, those good things is what comes out. So this is why Paul is saying, when you're singing these things to each other, you're putting it in. You're putting it in. You're putting it in. So when you're at home or in your car, any given night you can walk by my house or walk by our house, and me and Jackson will be in the living room. We'll have a, the YouTube on with some worship music, and we'll literally just be dancing around the living room. And it's fun and good, and me and Jack do it together, but it's putting good things, it's putting the Holy Spirit things in so that when we are out and about, that's what comes out of us. It's a two-way street. We are filled with the Spirit, but we have to feed it the right things. The more we feed our spirit with the right things, the more the Holy Spirit can bring out the strength of who we are in Christ. Because last week we talked about it. Don't be drunk with wine, so don't fill your heart with worldly stuff, but be filled with the Spirit. Fill your heart with spiritual things. And the more we feed that guy inside of us, the, the spiritual things, the more that's what come, comes out of us. David says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And singing is one of those ways that we fill our hearts with the truth found in Scripture. And it's one of the great ways to do it because songs are so catchy. When you instill a truth, you can memorize Scripture, and that's great. You need to be doing that. But when you sing songs, it catches it. Your spirit catches it. When you instill it, when you put a truth in kind of a musical way, for some reason we just hang on to it. That's why we teach kids the ABC song, right? Because they can catch it. They, they keep it. They retain it. So it comes down to this. We talk about all these things that we, have, that we do. We sing these songs. We, we, we do this. And it all comes down to B. We do these things so that we be. 
It's less of what would Jesus do, because if you do that when you're out and about, and you're like, oh, man, what would Jesus do in this situation? It's becoming like Jesus so that when you're in that situation, Jesus just comes out, right? Because we're all about, we're conforming to the image of Christ. And Paul says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to conform yourselves to the image of Christ. And when you're conformed to the image of Christ, you don't got to think, oh, man, what would Jesus do? It's just going to come out. Just like me and my dad. I don't have to think about what dad would do. I just do it. I mean, <laughs> I just do what my dad does, right? <laughs> because I hang out with him a lot and we work together. So when you're hanging out with Jesus and you're hanging out with people of Jesus, what Jesus is is going to start coming out of you. So be. Don't just do, because if you turn it down to a list of do's and don'ts, you're going to fail every time. Just strive to become more like who Jesus is. Think of it like a bodybuilder. Last example, I promise. Think of it like a bodybuilder. We all have the potential to be a muscle man. I, don't, I know you don't believe that, but we all have the potential inside of us to be a muscle person, right? We've got all the muscles that it takes to be a muscle guy. We just have to feed it the right things. Exercise your muscles. Your, exercise your spiritual muscles and feed your spiritual muscles the right things. So in short, we address one another, be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart. That's a little different translation, but it's saying the same things. Fill your heart with the Spirit, partially by doing this, and partially when you do this, this will happen. You will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord from your heart. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads with me?